mad ones. Do you remember back in the good old days when moms would host chicken pox parties for their children so that they could make sure that their kid got chicken pox so they would become immune? Well, I'm your host, Cam Harless, and no, I will not be going to your monkeypox party. This show is 100% brought to you by the fans and the patrons. So hit like, subscribe, and share the show with your friends. There are all sorts of topics that we've covered. Share them with someone who might gain something from them. Also, join the Patreon for the occasional early episode, Zoom Hangout, and my eternal gratitude. And so to do that, patreon.com slash themadones. Also, grab a shirt or a mug over at wearethemadones.com slash store to rep us wherever you go. Um, I will have brand new shirts within the next day or two, because like you saw, we have a new intro. I have to make a new shirt. I can't not do that. Uh, but we have we have a lot to talk about tonight, spanning different things. Uh, but before we do that, I have to have someone to talk to, right? Uh, so joining the Mad Ones yet again tonight, we have the destroyer of propaganda, the Bane of Bilderberg, the annihilator of the official narrative, the Batman of breaking the news they don't want you to hear, and the dive master that takes you into the deepest areas that they don't want you to see. Miss uh, Monica Perez. That was awesome. I love that. <laughs> I might have to I might have to use that as a drop. I, a dive master? Yeah. I mean, you're <laughs> the one setting up the, the dives, aren't you? Yes, but my dive masters are usually people who can lead me down into the caverns. That's true. But we're buddies, so we're, we're buddies. I guess between you and me, I guess I could be the dive master and you could be the buddy. But I am, I, I am a good buddies. buddy. See, behind um, us is a buddy dive. <laughs> See, there's two yeah. people in that. But that's not, I sent you pictures of me actually on a buddy dive. But I like your picture much better. And I wore a well, shirt to match your picture. I tried I tried to, to make it work within what I could do. And I just, the, like your part of your arm was missing. And I was like. Oh, oh no 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 yes yeah. thank you yes, you are <laughs> you are a real professional but I, lo I love what you did i might i might want to borrow i might want to borrow your art why not I, I love making it i get to make something awesome. new every week That's um fantastic. but before we get too far i do want to address the elephant in the room where the hell's jessica right? oh where okay. is jessica yeah so uh we had a show last week and um she we, she got some of it was a little too much for her, which is totally understandable. Uh, we were talking about kitten murder, um, but um, yeah, wild stuff. Um, but uh, with a, a lot of the things that she's working on and a lot of the stuff, the projects she has right now, she's just going to be taking a break. Uh, we don't know for how long. We don't know when she'll come back. But for now, you have to deal with me. And I you don't know. know if I'm going to have people fill in or what, but. I like to think I'm okay. Listeners always take breaks. Like I know I've been doing this a long time. I have a relationship with listeners, tweeps. It's like, where have you been? They take breaks, but hosts don't really get to take breaks without it being True. very disruptive. So if she needs a break, I think I, I think we should start the mo movement of when people <laughs> need a break, they should take a break. I had to take yeah. a break. And uh, I think that I love you, Cam, and... I love Jessica, but I listened to you before Jessica and I'll listen to you after Jessica and maybe Jessica will be back and we'll listen oh. then too. I hope so. Cause she, she really does bring a lot to the table. Yes. <clears throat> I do like her. Um, she has good values. But, but let me ask, did you like my uh, monkey pox joke? <laughs> yes. I loved your monkey pox joke. I don't think you can catch monkey pox. I think you have to like do poppers and stuff. I think I feel like it's, it's like a, 
like an AIDS yeah. thing. Well, I mean, right. apparently, I mean, so I don't, I don't know anything about it, but I do. They're they're rolling it out just like the AIDS thing. That when I I I, for, I did a deep dive on monkeypox when there were like ninety cases outside of Africa, and yeah. I'm like, they're obviously unrolling something because that's statistically not significant with a population yeah. of seven billion people. Like, why is there an article about this? So therefore, anyway. Well, yeah, and I I came across a um, a video not that long ago of a woman from the CDC. I don't know any of these horrible people's names, but she was talking about, yeah, we know of two children so far who've gotten it. And it's like, I saw that I, video. I, I paused and I was like, wait a damn second. Right. <laughs> um, the only people who are getting it at this point are mm -hmm. gay men or right. they, active, sexually they active add, gay men. Right. Did you, did you notice that they just stupid anyway? Why would it, why is, why is it, why does it pertain to sexually active gay men? If it's really just something you just, come on. But he, so the way they've been describing it is it, is it um, affects um, gay men, bisexual men, and men who have sex with men. Oh yeah, that was when they rolled out that thing where <laughs> having sex with men, men who have sex with men are not necessarily gay or bi or yeah. trans. They're what not necessarily say? on a spectrum with a label. They're just straight guys who have sex with guys <laughs> which works you know i don't care what you do but obviously <laughs> the semantics are there to mess with us to just challenge us to like what what are you going to do like what how many permutations it's like uh my good um listener byron sent me this thing about demi lovato what's her name demi yeah demi whatever she like decides so she was she her and then she was they them and then now she's like she her again but sometimes she's they them but you have to like she has every right to to decide what she wants to be called and you need to know otherwise you're the jerk i think was the yeah. idea that and byron's like she's just trolling us at this point and i i feel like that's that is it's like it always reminds me when stuff gets absurd like this and i'm not talking about just you know whatever rainbow stuff i'm talking about when like uh, anything gets just ridiculously absurd recycling like how many different ways they make you recycle it reminds me of the original coming to america where he is just like jump up and down on one leg bark like a dog like she'll do whatever he says without thinking i'm like that's what you know whatever demi lovato <laughs> wants us to jump up and down on one leg and bark like a dog and sure whatever yeah, that, that, that's what's so funny is when when i saw that clip from the cdc i was like we know who has been affected by this. And, and at that point, I didn't know that they had uh, gone past or said that it's definitely not sexually transmitted is what they'd said. Oh, it's, this is not a sexually transmitted disease. And I was like, I want to, this makes me worried for those kids. And, but they're like, we do know that the kids are gay adjacent. So like they're in a gay family or something like that. Yeah, but what, what mechanism and now with AIDS. So my brother died supposedly of AIDS, but he definitely didn't. He died of AZT poisoning. Yeah. But the the story is with AIDS, like <clears throat> the what I believe it is absolutely not viral transmitted, whatever. It was about some, um, you know, hard partying and other behavior, including doing poppers, which is a drug that mm -hmm. can make it easier for you to do things that hurt you. Yeah. Um, and people were getting sick from the lifestyle and taking a lot of antibiotics, which can have a you know, an effect to make you sicker and chronically on antibiotics can have some side effects and it resulted in these syndromes. 
so it didn't it wasn't really transmitted sexually aids in my opinion is not transmitted sexually it is a lifestyle thing so i mean i don't know if these kids are doing poppers how old they were <laughs> or what you know what it is but i i'm just anticipating that they're going to roll out some other factor that affects the gay community that is not sexual and my guess is these days it's not going to be something like well their lifestyle tends to be a little fringier they're not going to say that um they're going to say like it's some oppressive thing you know they live under power lines or something yeah you know like it's gonna it's gonna be something where they're the victim i think yeah oh probably yeah but I, i heard that and i was like you know this makes me very worried for these children because at that point i thought oh this is only gay men so thus it must be sexually transmitted right like that's the the logical place to go that's what they want you to think and allegedly it all started i think in spain at essentially like a gay party Mm -hmm. in a catholic country yeah the first super yeah i mean they just that's definitely going to be part of it it's not going to be in whatever sweden um but so I, i i went on tiktok and i was just like tell me that i don't tell me something i don't know because i don't want to think that about what happened to these children you know and then they come back and they they said that it it is something it's not sexually transmitted but if you are like if you are very close to someone with a lot of touching and kiss a bunch of kissing then that's how you can get it i'm like that's preposterous it's a skin disease how do you get chicken pox how do you get it's pox Smallpox, yeah. chickenpox, monkeypox, cowpox. Like, <laughs> I mean, I never did close sex and kissing when I got chickenpox when I was a kid. <laughs> Zero. Not. I remember distinctly. <laughs> I thought it was totally foreign to me at the time. Some guy thought it was gross. On, on Twitter the other day, and he was like, "We need to stop calling it monkeypox because it's it's demeaning." And I was like, "Oh, where are you to going?" Monkeys. I, oh yeah, I was like, "Where are you going? Who, what's what's this demeaning?" Cows, to? Like, chicken. He goes, "Well, first, it's um, monkey is a well-known slur used against black oh, people." That pisses me like... off so much. Who the fuck says that? You That's said that out loud. Awful. Man. What is wrong with you? You know what I mean? It's like Dave Chappelle and Michael Jackson. He's just like, you know, could you imagine if you told Michael Jackson that you thought he did that? He'd be like, "What the hell is wrong with you? you what?" We're just riding on merry-go-rounds. What is in your head? Yeah. So that just, I just find that to be outrageous. Oh, it's awful. Second... And the only people who are spreading that around are the people who supposedly are appalled by it. It's like, well, I would, I'm not, I'm not thinking of that. Yeah, I didn't, problem, I didn't think of it once, yeah. but this, but the progressive guy on Twitter did. And then he followed up with saying that it's also offensive to gay people because people thought that AIDS came from a monkey back in the 80s. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of things with that. I know it has something to do with the AIDS thing. And, you know, maybe they're trying to get ahead of that because in the South African um, thing where they were testing the then <laughs> they uh, people were positive, was testing positive for AIDS. Their PCR hmm. tests were, were signaling AIDS. Yeah. And you know my the AZ effect that I've I so I have a glossary on MonicaPresho.com and it I have one of the things I recently coined was the AZ effect where there were five places where the um, AZ was tested. One was Japan and they interrupted that test for some reason. But the other four places, I think it was Kenya, South Africa, Brazil, and the UK, were the four places where 
the four variants of interest first emerged hmm. one for one. There were four variants of interest and they were all from the four places that the AZ was tested out. But in South Africa, another little wrinkle was that it tested positive for AIDS, which I don't care about. I don't think it was giving people AIDS. I don't, I, I have the book inventing the AIDS virus that is introed by Carrie Mullis, who invented the PCR test and won a Nobel prize for it saying that you cannot find AIDS in a PCR test, or as a matter of fact, you can't even identify the virus that causes it. But so I'm not worried about that. I'm just saying whatever the relationship is, they're definitely rolling out some adjacent story that right. isn't related to the mm -mm. Well, and, and it's like, apparently the monkeypox came, the name came, I'm not, I may not be remembering this correctly, but they said it was named that because of tests they did on monkeys and that it was actually another animal that it's on or something. Um, okay. But, I so mean, are cowpox on cows and chickenpox on chicken? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, well, I mean, they name it chickenpox because that's what you call it when you defeather a chicken. And you get a po the pock that comes up, the pock, the pock mark. So it's like, oh, right, yeah. Because I wondered, it didn't yeah. look like something a chicken would get. Right, yeah. So it's like when they pull the feathers. Oh, so you, you look know, you've like, seen uh, a, yeah, a raw Ooh, chicken. Gross. Yeah, I don't know. Gross. Um, <laughs> but um, like when, as soon as the monkeypox thing came out, uh, my first, of course, you know, you go into deep dives and talking about propaganda. I go, where's the joke? Where's Sorry. the joke? Yeah. Oh, um, yes, right. I'm like, where? What's the What's the, what are they really up to? And you're just right. like, this is what, why is this funny? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and my first thing is, it's actually what you said. So we, we arrive in similar places was, okay, I said, okay, so suddenly Russia's the big bad guy again, and there's a gay monkey disease going around. What is it? The eighties already? <laughs> already? Yeah. It was just, again, already? Cause obviously, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's certainly the 60s. We're certainly getting the counterculture oh. and the counter-counterculture. But we're well, getting it all like the it's really the counter-counterculture that they're trying to fabricate at this point. But th that whole cultural Marxism thing is straight out of the 60s, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's well, that was like the breeding ground for a lot of what they've they've done since. Like that was one of their first direct strikes at like family and that um you know stable households was let's get these people doing yeah. drugs and in the free love movement and you know like who's gonna stay married if they're they just had free love for seven well that's what they say like that was in i think that was in i think it was in tragedy and hope where he said that if you you have to have something they like to separate the generations yeah. And technology usually does that. And I think, I don't know if it was an example or if it predated it, I'm not sure, but birth control pills were a like too. maybe the most intense, culturally disruptive, generationally interrupting technology. And boy, did it change everything because like, just think of the very fabric of society when you disconnect sex from marriage and childbearing. I mean- it just, yeah. it changes everything. It changes everything, the nature of the relationships. And and it, and I think it can, I mean, I personally think that we mate for life. Like that's the natural human thing, like penguins and stuff. I yeah. think that that's what we do. And to mate like that and experience death 
I mean, you take it like you can, you have a lifetime to prepare for it. You it's terrible when it happens, but it only happens to you once. But people yeah. who bond like that sexually and intensely, maybe live together. And then they have like, I listen to all these seventies songs and every one is about like how heartbroken the guy is that she left him, but that he could never marry her because he's a free spirit or whatever. It's like all this heartbreak and heartbreak and heartbreak. I can't believe she left me. She's sick of me. I'm, no, I'm like, why didn't you even marry her? Like just right. marry her, make your commitment. But that was completely out of vogue. And I just feel like to see kids or young people, having to have those breakups. I mean, they're like death. They're like mourning the loss of a mate because I don't think we have any other way of mating, but mating for life. Hmm. I don't disagree at all. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm right. terrible at sociology and stuff. <laughs> like if I come up with an insight, it's either great because I come up with so few or it's totally <laughs> wrong. Cause I'm absolutely clueless. Like I, I'm, I can check a discounted cash flow. I'm very good at that, but I'm not great at understanding how people like, I think people are simple. I think they just have yeah. incentives. And the only thing that complicates it to me is that there, some people are not comfortable with their own incentives and motives. Right. And so then that's when you start layering a bunch of crap on top and that's what gets exploited. That's when they're like, psychology is like, Oh, people are complicated. I'm, I believe people are complicated, but I, I think it derives from just not fully understanding your motives. And generally speaking, I think the motivations are pretty simple. Like I just want, yeah, I want what I want. I want to put stuff in my holes. <laughs> I want to put stuff. Let me ask you, do I sound better now? <laughs> yes, you do. Were you on the because, wrong mic? Well, here's the thing. StreamYard just loves to switch the mic on me after I've said it. Really? Yeah, this is like without the third or fourth you, time it's happened. Without, without you unplugging the mic? Right, yeah. So like if I put my, my headphone in and it connects, it'll either try to connect to the headphone or it'll try to connect to my Does computer. Does the headphone have a mic on it? It has a little one. Yeah, little I, one. I think that's your problem. Um, but yeah, so I, it, I've it, had it to switches out ones without a mic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta check it every but time. I'm glad I sound better now. Thank God. You do Thank much you. better, much better. Thanks. It didn't sound right, and I'm surprised I didn't snap to it. But on video, like you can forget to yeah. focus on the audio. But yeah. because I would hope that this is going to go into the audio feeds, it should be. Perfect. Yeah, I. That's Although you're I missing want, something man. because it's so lovely. This background, I just adore it. I mean, I'd love to have. Well, I'll be honest with you. The only reason you can see this door is because I asked my son to clean up his mess and he didn't and i can't actually close it <laughs> oh my <laughs> like, gosh oh. that's hilarious i was talking about your beautiful art oh because my, you my are art. definitely in a very oh. dark cave and i, I cannot I, well although my, i did my... have an experience there where i could not open a door because the closet was so full and i was pretty horrified oh, man. man well in my lights not working like i'm, I'm having a night is all oh I'm don't I'm have a night. night i'm here i'm here for you <laughs> relax if you want me to tell you stories i can do that you can well, just take a load off i was going to tell you so a lot of people have asked in like uh, i've been in um meetings and stuff and they see my dynamite that's on my microphone and they think that it's just like a like a sticker like a digital sticker that i've yeah. put there but it's not it's a patch what what and, it's uh, like a patch for a denim jacket kind of thing well, yeah, or like a leather jacket, leather vest right. or whatever. Got it. Um, but nice. so the reason I have this is because after the Washington Post thing, um, I had a lot of people who really were happy with what I did. And this we have to recap that for my audience, but keep going. <laughs> okay. 
okay. um, but when that happened, um, there was a guy who was a fan of Michael Malice. And last year, I want to say Michael Malice put out a book called The Anarchist Handbook. And Lewis Ling is one of the anarchists that was part of the Haymarket affair and was, I believe, hanged for it later, even though he there was no evidence he was a part of it. Um, but at one point in the trial, allegedly, someone asked him if he was there or if he did it. And he said, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have set off those bombs because I was in my house making bombs. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and so he he had made this for Michael Malice's audience and Michael Malice himself. And wow. so he did a limited run of these. And I have like a um, a pin a for you know you're wearing a, a suit like a lapel pendant thing uh -huh. and um they're really cool but he he goes i have a secret for you and i'm letting this secret out i'm sorry Taters. oh my gosh no um, come on cam well, it's 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 a cool secret and the person who it's being kept from will never find out about this so it okay. doesn't matter um so malice he so each of the, these he made he made a limited their limited edition so he only made so many, the guy who made these, and he numbered them. And so I just want to show you the back of this, if you can see it. Do you see that number? Boop. That doesn't work. Uh, it's one. One. That's a one. He goes, I am trolling Malice through this. He said, I'm sending him number two and you number one. Wow. That way he always wonders. And in the back of it, that back of his mind, it's one. eating at him. Who has number one? Cam, you are, that's your thing. You like to mess with people. I'm the exact opposite. Like I'll wake up in the middle of the night like, oh my gosh, I bet that person thinks I was messing with him. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Like I cannot stand it. Head I enjoy that. I enjoy, okay, so. Just don't uh, do it to me. Do not no, troll me. I won't. I would never. And I, I apologize you for that would, one thing I but did. But I'm just asking that you don't. Well, no, I would. I wouldn't do it to you. Um, but okay. So recap for your audience. Yes. Um, June first, I made a tweet right before the end of the day, uh, right before it turned into J J June second. So the first day of Pride Month, I I was talking to some some of my friends in a group chat, and someone shared this joke, which was. Um, all girls are bi. You just have to figure out if it's if it's sexual or or polar. Joke being, it's you know, yeah. it's funny. I chuckled. I was like, that's yeah. funny. And so I was like, I'm going to tweet that. And so I tweeted it. And I thought, you know, this will get 30 likes, something like that. Um, and it didn't get 30 likes. It got, I think the, the last count was like 12.6 thousand likes. No way. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> wow. Well, that only happens if it gets out there. Yeah. So you know, people have to share it for that to happen. Well, honestly. yeah, and I think that the, the reason. So what happened was it it started to go wider. So once it hit like a thousand likes, I was like, you know, this is slightly offensive, or could be to someone who doesn't yeah. know how to take a joke. And yeah. so I went immediately onto my um, LinkedIn and deleted my LinkedIn account. And I was like, you're not going to find where I work. Wow. Good thinking. Yeah. I did yeah. that. I did something like that once when er, er, mania was hitting LA and I was just like, I don't think I want my kids, teachers or whomever. I have a friend who got her child got expelled because of what she tweeted about really? the school's policy. Yeah. 
<laughs> so anyway, so yes, I understand completely. Like in an emergency yeah. situation, like something's got to go. Good for you that you didn't shut down your Twitter account. Cause that's what right. I did. I froze the Twitter account so people couldn't look at it <laughs> only once people might remember. It was like for 24 hours. I was like, <laughs> what was, what was yeah. funny about it though is, you know, so I saw it going up and I got rid of that literally a week, maybe two weeks before I had a meeting with my boss where I was kind of asking for some more money. And we were talking about when I got hired and she was telling me why I got hired and how I was a, a cultural fit. And I, you know, I just brought what they wanted to the table, et cetera. And I was like, that's really cool. And she goes, but you know, there was another person who was fighting for that position as well. And I was like, yeah, I, I knew you were interviewing someone else. And she goes, do you, and she goes, it's you won because you were a cultural fit. You were in our culture before you got into our culture. So do you mean cultural fit, like the culture of the organization and how you yeah. operate or they just like what religion you are? No, no, the culture yeah. of the organization, right. they're Australian. Um, right. So they're, they're wild bunch. Um, yes. But uh, so she said, she told me that she goes, you almost didn't get it though. And I was like, why? And she goes, well, we, we found your podcast. <gasps> and we, I watched five episodes. No Some way. other people watched several episodes. Wow. And uh, we were a little worried and we talked about it over a few days. We tried to decide if you could get us canceled or if you would say something. And she goes, I think I, I judged how far, how popular you are wrong, but that was really close. And so we took it to the, the founder and told him and the founder said, Oh, I don't care about any of that stuff. If he's a good fit, he's a good fit. And we're not going to bow to the cancel culture stuff. And this is Australian. Yeah. Because they, those poor people are really under a cultural attack. Right. Well, and, and I, I thought that was really funny that two yeah. weeks later I do oh, this thing Lord. and you see, yeah. so I, I, so what happened is why it went so wide is, well, let me just ask you, did, were there repercussions at work or is that later in the story? No, none. Good for you. I mean, they, they, it doesn't seem like they loved it necessarily, but they, they did knew. find it funny. They did know. Well, well <laughs> my, my boss who, who lives in Australia, well, let's get Sydney. to the punchline and then you can tell. Well, that. just I'll just tell you this real quick. But uh, okay. when she went on her Facebook and she saw a screenshot of one of my tweets on her Facebook timeline. And she was like, why is your why do you have this picture with Bill Maher? And I was like, well, I mean, I wasn't there. She goes, is that our she because she goes, Cam, is that our Cam? Can't be. And so she was like, so she laughed about it. But so I think I'm safe. But, did she you know, know why? Did she see the original tweet? Uh, yeah, she did. We, we talked it's about it a little a bit. It's just a joke. Anybody who knows a young woman <laughs> knows their... 57% of young women are diagnosed with a mental illness. Yep. I mean, that's in the newspaper. So what are you going to do? I think <laughs> right. that might be liberal women, but I'm not sure. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, David it's Hopkins not a stretch, says, is what I'm saying. says, hey, and that he really misses you. Really, but I'm still around. I'm around half as much, but I'm not around zero as much. Well, it's nice to see you, David. <laughs> um, which we should talk about all of that as well. Sure. Um, but um, so moving on, made the joke. I'm the, it didn't become famous because of the joke. The reason my face was put on Tucker and on The View and on Bill Maher and on oh everywhere, even oh, Australian wow, your news. face was on yeah. Bill Maher? my tweet and my face oh my and God. pictures of me so so uh the With, a like woman, your twitter image like your hat yeah. and your beard yep 
That's a good picture. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but so this this the a woman who worked at the Washington Post, Felicia Solmez, uh, found the joke offensive. And she spread the joke around by taking a screenshot because one of her coworkers, David Weigel, retweeted my tweet. I never saw him retweet it. I my my notifications were going crazy. By the time I learned about this, um, he'd already deleted it and apologized. And so I was just responding to that from that point. Like, um, it's really weird to see someone else apologize for something that you said. Like, I'm not apologizing for it, but that guy is. Right. <clears throat> um, so that was really weird. Um, and so it kept growing. It kept growing. And she kept, uh, frankly, bitching about it on Twitter and bitching about her coworkers and calling names and telling uh, one of her coworkers, Jose de Real, um, that he wouldn't understand being marginalized like a uh -huh. woman will. That sounds and, like a Spanish surname. Yeah, and he's like, I'm a gay Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> I think I That's understand. That's intersectional, if I'm not mistaken. It's very intersectional. Um, but so she did that, and she pitched a fit. And my friend Tet said, you know, I'm really jealous of you right now. And I said, why? And he goes, you may get a journalist fired. Ouch. And I was like, I never even thought that that would be the case. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. Um, but they suspended Which one? him. The, the, well, Weigel. Weigel. yeah. So um, they, they ended up suspending him. But just before that, they were talking about what they should do, if he should be um, uh, fired or whatever. They suspended suspended. him for liking or for retweeting your tweet? For retweeting. Retweeting, okay. Um, and so I, a guy named That was Matt stupid from... of him to do. <laughs> you know because like it's implausibly stupid like yeah. i just i don't believe it because i wouldn't write that and yeah. you knew enough to take your linkedin down <laughs> yeah you know because it's not cool on the first day of pride month to make fun of a person's <laughs> sexuality and i mean but it's it, like it even shouldn't there really was nothing wrong with it like it didn't it didn't even say anything mean yeah, no, I mean, yeah. It wasn't even really mean. And actually, it's kind of nice in that, like, well, the bi chicks, the bisexual chicks are sane, you know? Right. <laughs> At least they're not right? bipolar. Um, yeah, so, like it's, it's the straight ones that you got a problem with. A guy named Matt from The Spectator, which I don't know if you know anything about The Spectator as a paper. I know the American Spectator magazine. I think that that's what it is. Yeah, it might right, be not not American spectator, but it's just it was just called the spectator. It's probably or spectator. The current evolution of American Spectator probably. magazine. But a guy it's named conservative, Matt, right? Yes. Yeah. A guy a guy named Matt from there messaged me and said, Hey, can you write us? I, I saw your tweet. I think this is all funny. I see what's going on. I they loved how I was responding to everything that happened, and I had a joke for every single dumb thing that was posted. And he, he goes, do you want to write an article about this? And so I did. And it was something about, you know, I just said it's kind of shows culture and decline. It was you can't a great make article. A joke without really getting great. fired or whatever. Thank you. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. I liked the writing. I liked how concise it was, how quickly you got it out, how incisive. That's the right <laughs> word. Really, it was so. an excellent article. And I wrote it in 20 minutes before I went and did. Yeah, that's amazing. Hands. Yeah, you're obviously <laughs> a good writer and have, you know, you get to the to the point of, you know, the point of it, which I don't really get because I don't understand culture. So I can't, I could never make points like that. 
Yeah. Well, and I also with got confidence. To, I couldn't make it with confidence. I also got to throw jabs at people in it. And I, that was very enjoyable to me. Yes. Again, something <laughs> that possibly. I'd, be, um, I'd, I'd still be hyperventilating if I did something like that. <laughs> so I write this article. Um, and then, um, you know, he gets suspended for a month without pay uh, for retweeting this joke. Whatever. And it's like, you know, kind of a slap on the wrist, but they, they've done something publicly. But this doesn't stop Felicia Sonmez from just going ape shit. So this it. is so he's a seasoned veteran, right? But she was right. a new hire, if I'm not she mistaken. Was, she wasn't a new hire. She'd been been there for like a couple years, I believe, uh, because she was around nine months. She she was around at okay. Washington, the Washington Post when uh, not Kanye. What's his name? Um, basketball player starts with a K. Kobe Bryant Kobe. died. Yes, uh, I remember so that. She was around Grammy Day, he, Grammy's Day. So she was there when Kobe Bryant died. Let me check this. Got it. Okay. Um, because she wrote. All right, an that article. was 2020. That was like January 25th, 2020, yeah. something like that. Uh, so she wrote an article about how he was a rapist on the day that he died. Oh, he and was not. I don't believe he was. I, I think I did a, some either. research on that, and I am convinced that he was not. But she wrote. As she Bill wrote Cosby that article. Right. <laughs> Poor Bill. I'm glad he's out though. Yes. People used yeah. to make fun of me for saying that he was completely railroaded. Like, why doesn't his conviction get overturned? I was like, it definitely will be. That's why they put him in jail. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's been, she'd been there for a while. So it wasn't a new hire. Um, okay. But um, she just still, where was I? Uh, she still don't you wasn't feel like happy. she. Yeah. It didn't stop her that he got suspended. But I mean, don't you think just seems weird to me. The one thing, oh. like when I was on a radio station, the only thing I wouldn't do is bite the hand that feeds me. I mean, it's not right. like I wouldn't say whatever I well, wanted. It's just that I wouldn't say the people who own me, you know, or like my a host at a different time slot is a perv. You know, I would never, I would never have done yeah. that. If I had a beef like well, that, I would have taken it to the top. Or to what internal. it seems seems like happened, I think it was the Kobe Bryant situation. But after she did a couple of articles, Washington Post asked her to not take not to write stories about like sexual assault and me too anymore because she Why? was kind of, well, apparently she was, it, she Went wasn't objective. And so she, it wasn't good for her. So she sued them for discrimination to, because she thought that that wasn't right. She lost. And so I think kind of what happened is she saw him retweet this thing. And she wants out because she didn't like anyone there. Nobody liked her. Oh, and she she started this ball rolling so that she could leave and then potentially sue them for firing her. So I think she's looking for a payout. She wanted to get fired. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think that might that might be what it was. So that's very um, interesting. Do you do you think it's plausible that that guy retweeted it? Like, have you looked at his other tweets? Does he ever does he ever go out on a limb? Um, I, I looked at some and he just seems like kind of a dumb dude in general. So, I mean, like, I, I wasn't surprised that he retweeted it. It's a Got dumb it. joke. Okay, he, great. He wow. Chuckle. Thank you for clarifying. I have to like um, jump at conclusions sometimes. When I don't, <laughs> don't do all the research. Yeah. So, well, and that's the thing. I had to do all the research because I didn't, I hadn't heard of either of these people before that day. I've heard of him. Yeah. But I, I hadn't. And then I found right. out that he, he, uh, sabotaged a, an anti-war rally over the iraq war and i was like well you know he deserves these freaking hypocrites <laughs> makes me want to barf so so i wrote the article and he got suspended 
Felicia was no not not any happier because her other co-workers were like this what you're doing is not cool you cannot do this publicly if you have issues yeah. we take care of it inside I was like thinking. adults um and so she was still going and uh that matt guy messaged me again and he said hey and before this people had said i can't wait to see you on tucker and i was like that's silly that's not going to happen um and he matt messages me and he says hey do you want to go on tucker and i'm like do i want my face and joke and whatever i say seen by 3.25 million people at one time absolutely i do oh my gosh. <laughs> and so i mean you have to say yes but oh, yeah Ugh. ouch <laughs> well it was it was absolutely wild so um i, I went on tucker and it was a very weird i'm used to talking in on camera i'm used to being able to do this very well and not have nervous ticks or anything like that but when yeah. you put a camera right in front yeah. of you and you can't see you can yeah. only hear the other you can person. have a physical reaction that yeah you got to get beta blockers i was wondering if i can master the art of beta blockers which keeps your body from sh i've never taken one but keeps your yeah. body from showing the nerves yeah. and you and you have to have it, it like happens on a level where it's not conscious at all like you cannot control it i've had my hands shake and everything like there's nothing you can do about it. Like there's, yeah. it's not about the front of your brain. Somehow. Well, yeah. And it was, well, 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 I was like touching my nose too much and covering my mouth. And, and I, I, I mean, most mm -hmm. people said they didn't really notice it, but anyone who knew that. me, like anyone, like my mom was like, why'd you touch your face so much? And I was like, I didn't notice that. I couldn't look. I mean, I, I thought you were a little bit nervous, but I didn't notice anything specific. It was just like, <laughs> this is wild. But what I loved about your appearance is that, you clearly had something to say and you made sure you got it. Yeah. Well, and also it was really interesting because before I went to Tucker, I talked to his, one of his production assistants or something. And she was like, you know, Tucker really wants to talk about your article. And if, if you want to talk about something in the situation, if you want to talk about something more, uh, let us know. And I was like, okay. And so I gave him a list of, of kind of what I thought would be good to talk about, which is, uh, was partially, I said, you know, distrust in the corporate media. This proves proves it and shows that they're not trustworthy. You know, I was like wanting to talk about that angle a little bit. Um, and they were like, yeah, oh no, I like all of that. And so I was under the impression it would be more than 90 seconds. Right. But I got on there and I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, Dave Weigel. Did they tell you it was 90 seconds? They didn't tell me anything about right. the timing. Okay. Um, but it, when she asked me, do you want to talk about more? I was like, oh, so he's going to have yeah. me on for a little bit. Um, I guess it's, they ask you just for a bunch of stuff and they want to pick and choose. I'm, I'm like, I don't know. you're on bigger podcasts. They'll tell you, they don't do the research and ask you. They tell yep. you to do the research and give them a list of questions that that can happen. I mean, it's, it hasn't mm -hmm. happened to me every time. It's happened to me a couple of times. And, um, my husband's done media training. And he said, they teach you that you have to like be with TV. You have to be really pithy. Like you say one thing. And if you have something you want to get out there, know what it is ahead of time and say that no matter what they ask you. Yeah. Well, and I got there and I, what was, it was interesting about it is they asked me for this list of stuff. And so I was under the impression it'd be longer, but I found out earlier that day and I had tweeted a joke about it that, um, you know, I, I found out that Dave Weigel was for the Iraq war and had sabotaged a, uh, anti-war protest. So he, you know, screw him. 
if he if he loses Definitely. his job, like right. whatever. Um, and so then I, I mentioned that on Tucker and I went through kind of my, uh, you know, I'm very anti-war and we talked about that for a second. Which was yeah, cool. and he and he he gave you snaps for that. Oh yeah, well, and he laughed a lot, and I couldn't yes, see I him, so I didn't realize yeah. that until later. <laughs> you didn't realize he was laughing. I knew he was laughing, but it didn't look, it didn't sound like he was laughing like that, you know. Yeah, no, he was definitely engaged. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun, um, but oh, uh, yeah, and so the, the, you know, why I spoke about anti-war and not more about the stuff that I told them I wanted to talk about, why? which was kind of in our pocket of being against the propaganda that's what that's yeah. what was in my mind when i was yeah thinking Why? about it earlier when i was on the drive there um they they, they sent a car limo, right well it was uh it was one of those big black suvs black car, that yeah. you assume oh, the cia mm -hmm. is going to go Definitely. take you and kill you yeah um i was a little worried i was about to die was it actually um, the cia no it was it was a it was a limo company uh but the the driver was palestinian and he told me this kind of up front and I was like, huh. And so we talked on and off. I was trying I did to not like, expect that from anyone associated with Fox news. Right. It's, it was, it was kind of like, Oh, wild. And so we talked for a while and, um, he, you know, he asked me some questions about different stuff and I just asked him, I said, Hey, I'm American and you're Palestinian. Um, what do you think the solution should be oh, yeah, great. in in right Palestine right. slash Israel. What do you think that right. it should be? Two state, whatever. And he goes, what do you think it should be? And I went, I'm American. Yeah. I'm white. I'm know? not Palestinian. Yeah. I'm not Jewish. I don't yeah. know what the culture is there, what people think. I don't have an answer for that. That's not my place to tell they them actually, what they should do. I think have a more honest and open discourse over there than over here. Yeah. Probably well, for that reason. It, yeah. When I, so when I said that, he goes, Yes. I was like, what? He goes, that is the answer an American should give. Because it's nice. not it's not your place to, to tell us what is right or wrong. He goes, I don't think we're. it's time for solutions. I think it's time for us to realize that there's a problem on both sides. Wow. And then we can come to a solution. I was like, okay. I can respect that. I read a couple of books by Gregory Harms, and I don't, I've never tracked them down, but I used to be able to tell you, I think I emailed him once, but it it was he he insisted that the peace processes were all subverted on purpose and i and i think was it yitzhak yeah. rabin who got murdered for the oslo accords somebody got i think it was yitzhak rabin where they were actually getting closer to a solution he's like the the they don't want the solution yeah. they don't want the solution i mean i'm not saying that your driver didn't want the solution i'm just saying <laughs> he's right like they they could figure out a solution if they wanted one but they That's don't like know everything. what the problem is yet. So that, how can there be a solution, really? Well, if um, they wanted a solution, they would stop and figure out the problem. But they right. their goal is to make sure that everything they do does not work. Right. Uh, so so from there, we talked about anti-war stuff. I, I kind of talked about where I was with, I you know, not liking American interventionism and stuff like that. And he goes, oh, uh, he says, do you know antiwar.com? No way. And I go, yeah. I was like, what? I was like, yeah, I know antiwar.com. I was amazing. like, do you know? I was like, do you know who Scott Horton is? And he goes, I don't know who Scott Horton is. And I was like, how do you know antiwar.com but not Scott Horton? And I was like, he was like, there was another guy though. And I was like, Justin Raimondo. And he oh, goes, yeah. that's the guy. She goes, yeah, he, he goes, I love that guy. And I was like, unfortunately, he's passed. Yeah. Um, but 
him and Scott Horton took up his his mantle and I've spoken to Scott. If I see Scott in, in person, he's like Cam, Cam Harless every time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he should um, be on Tucker. Uh, yeah, well, they would never let him do that. <laughs> So. Um, but so that was kind of what happened as I had this 45 minute conversation with the driver on the way there. And so when that's he, good. He paired that should have calmed your nerves. Yeah. Well, and, it, and when he got there and he asked his questions, it just paired well. And I was able to talk about being anti-war instead yeah. of about this. That was great. I loved thing. that because I wouldn't be surprised if they liked you for this job because I, I don't know what they can. I, I'm not like great at stereotyping, but yeah, it's possible that you fit a stereotype that they liked and not, you know, yeah. not because they thought it would make you look right. But yeah. so they probably wanted you to talk about cultural stuff and yeah. you know what I mean? Like have a yellow flag or whatever, but instead <laughs> you were just like, I'm anti-war. And yeah. I, I thought it just totally upset any kind of narrative they could pin on you. Because to yeah. the extent that there's a possibility, and as you tell me about the motives of the people, I, I guess it, it sounds like it was organic, but there's a possibility that they were looking for a dust-up for some reason yeah. that since it didn't you know, really result in you, anything. Yeah. You know what? I do think that there was a dust-up that they were trying to use this to cover up. But oh. I do think it, it, I think some of it happened organically. Um, what, but what, what what was that underlying? Just thing? just days before, <clears throat> Taylor Lorenz had written an article, and she had put it out on Washington Post, and she um, she'd said something about how she had spoken to these two different YouTube creators. I mean, this this doesn't seem like it's a big deal, but she said she spoke to them, and both of them responded, "You never contacted us. We never spoke to you," and so they instead of taking doing a retraction or an edit and saying why they just changed the article to sh make it look like she never <gasps> said that oh that's awful yeah oh my gosh you know when i first had a blog i i would make changes and stuff even though people were commenting and i realized a couple of times i was like oh my gosh like you can't do that yeah. Once it's out there and people are having a conversation about something you said, like you have to like write in the bottom, like an italicized, like update thing. Yeah. You can't just go in well, and edit it anymore. Right. So, so they tried to stealth edit it and then they got caught doing that and they had to put in a correction at the bottom and all of this. And I think that was like a serious breach. That's like fireable. Yeah. I didn't even hear about that. And yeah. And that, I think that that's what they use. They use part of this for, I think that's yeah. why Jose and some of these other people went in and, fought the good fight because they knew that if they brought this up, they could get rid of the problem employee and save the one that they don't hate. Say that again. They, they could get rid of Felicia, the problem employee and right. save Taylor Lorenz, the one who they don't hate. Wow. So that's my, but how did they get Felicia to do it? You think somebody whispered it in her ear? Like, do you ever hear I how, how um, Sharon Osbourne got booted from whatever show she was on? Was she on the view or something. Mm -hmm equal time. I don't know what she was on, but she was on something. And they, what happened was they, she was defending Pierce Morgan mm. and they put up one of the other anchors to, there were two, I guess there were two black women anchors and I don't know who else was on there. And they asked one to do yeah. this. And she, I think she said no. And then they asked the other one to just ride her 
about being a racist or Piers Morgan's a racist and you like him, so therefore you're a racist. And then afterwards, the I guess her makeup artist or somebody was talking to her in the dressing room and kept his phone on and recorded it. Her crying, the woman coming in saying like, I didn't know it would go that way or maybe it was the one who said I wouldn't do it. And it just made me think like they will set you up yeah. And if you can't prove it, that somebody just whispered in your ear at the water cooler, then, or, you know, yeah. maybe somebody was just like, can you believe this guy did that tweet? I don't have the nerve to out him, but I wish somebody yeah, would. Maybe. Well, and I think that if you look at her track record, she was always a little sh shitty like that. Like she was just, she's just a but drama really, queen really kind of person. Reading his tweets. I think that she was looking for any excuse to do something. And I think it oh, timed right. up so okay. well that once they saw it start happening, they were yeah. like, we can use this. Everybody liked it. Everybody was happy. <clears throat> yeah. I think, I think it was, it was mutually beneficial, but, Interesting. um, so I, I, on the way home, I wanted to talk to the driver again and kind of talk about what happened and all that. Cause he got my podcast information. He got my, you know, he just wanted to keep up with me cause he That's thought right. I was so, so interesting or whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but I, I got in the car and so if you use Twitter on your phone, it, if you check your notifications and then close Twitter and go back in, it stays on the place you were looking at last. Yeah. And so when I got out after being on Tucker, it took me about 20, 22 minutes to get to the top of that notification. No way. Did you even put up. your Twitter handle out there? I well, it was in the tweet that they showed on the screen, oh so everyone my saw it. Gosh, wow! Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, wow! It, so, how many followers do you have on Twitter now? Well, I you you know I lost my old Twitter account because right. of a, a little deal with Justin Trudeau, who I made fun of in that piece as well. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, so I so I was trying to rebuild because I'd gotten yeah. close to two thousand. I was like, oh, I've yeah, gotten to two thousand, right. whatever. Yeah. Um, and I was, I think it, when I was rebuilding, I was at like, a, a 1060 today. I'm at 7,021. Wow. And I bet you hardly follow anybody. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, a lot of that's of by design. People yeah. I want to talk to and who I think would be fun to like. Yeah. So I have a lot, I follow a lot of people and I, yeah. And I follow back and stuff like that, but I follow I follow four hundred and thirty seven people. Yeah, wow, it's <laughs> good for you. That's fantastic. I do so like to try you? to curate my feed. Yes, <clears throat> I don't. I like everybody. Everybody in the next ten. <laughs> uh, I so so you were on Tucker. Have you been on like every podcast? Like, have all the podcasters I've, wanted you on the show? I've show? been on James Jenneman's podcast. By the way, oh yeah, the Blackbird. He says hi. Um, hi, James. <laughs> I went on a guy named Alan Farner's show. I went on um, uh, Luke and Typo's show, Bite the Bullet. Um, I did a couple others I can't remember off the top of my head at the moment. But yeah, I, I probably did five to seven podcasts as well, which is nice. It's fun to be. It was funny how many people... I said funny really weird just then. It's funny um, how... <laughs> how many people tried to claim me as their own, you know, like the anarchists oh, like, were oh, claiming me, the, the, oh, the, li I see. the libertarians I see. were claiming me, the mega people were claiming well, it sounds me. sounds like was just anti war like, people could claim you. That was should. the one takeaway I had from that. Those, those are the people that should. Um, but yeah, it was wild. Like I, I had so, and people still keep me a, 
uh, apprised if Felicia Sonmez tweets anything so I can make fun of her. Like I get messages. Oh my gosh. Like it's it's wild. Um, but so after that, I was like, wow, this is a lot of dopamine because I had to be on, you know, in the comedic sense for like a yes. full week straight. And it's just like, just tweeting like just, just that was tweeting. your format tweeting. Yeah, wow. just tweeting, making. My so let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Mm. I have. Um, I can never like, I don't like being mean. <laughs> and to the point it's a fault actually like it's a yeah. real problem like i i'm i don't like confrontation whatever yeah. so like my son who's pretty much savvier than i am about psych and social stuff he's like you have one flaw and it's bad <laughs> like you <laughs> have no control of your scene because you won't like say no and blah 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 so it's not yeah. good it's not a good quality in a mom whatever so I was doing some reading about this problem and somebody recommended a book called Boundaries. Yeah. Have you ever uh, heard of that? Supposedly it's like Townsend a classic. or something. Pro yeah, I think so. So it's supposedly like the Bible of whatever. I don't know, yeah. people like me. And weirdly, <laughs> it has a lot of Bible passages in it. And it's like, yeah. and oh, Jordan Peterson, same, same, uh, same theme, I think came out of his stuff that I'm reading a little bit, which is, you think that being nice, 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 James. So you can have him. I think you make a good team. So, so when you, that you're not doing anybody, you're not being nice or good or Christ-like yeah. when you let people, you know, as my mother says, you know, you don't have to be a doormat. Yeah. You don't have to be a doormat. So, so it's actually wrong, especially like in a parenting relationship yeah. to not put your foot down. Like it's not okay. And I never went out of my way to be friends with my kids. I didn't like them to feel bad though. I didn't like them to cry. Yeah. And I remember I had, I got them a fucking vaccine, which I got all the vaccines when they were little. And one of the nurses, it was at a clinic when I first moved to Atlanta. I just like, I thought I was under the gun. I went to a free clinic, like in the inner city and the kids were crying. I was like, I'll get you an ice cream. I'll get you a lollipop. And the nurse, <laughs> who was super pissed because I called her by her name, which was on her thing instead of Miss whatever. Yeah. And uh, so she was just so pissed. And she's like, you cannot stop them from crying over. I can't do an Atlanta accent, but she had one. You can't <laughs> you can't prevent them from crying over something that's hurting them by offering them ice cream. Like, shut up. Let them cry. <laughs> And she was so right. Like a couple of really wise people in those early days of Atlanta child rearing told me stuff that I should have been smart enough to realize. But you like you get a lot of advice and you can't discern it without experience. So I didn't know what I right. was doing. And and it's really true. Like it's totally true. And Jordan Peterson says the same thing. Like it's it's actually a wrong thing to let to let this like a bad force say she's a bad force. I don't know her. I never looked at her tweet. I'm not going to say that she Twitter feed. I'm not going to say that she's good or bad. She sounds bad to yeah. me. And it's good to slap those people down and, um, or at least not feed them. Yeah. And I just wonder like, as a Christian, I mean, is that your view? How do you, how do you separate good from like nice? Okay. So, well, I would, I would put a, a firm line in between nice or niceness and kind kindness. Okay. Like my um, mother will say like happiness and pleasure or joy and happiness. Yeah. Like she's like pleasure is not the same as happiness. 
Right. And I don't think so nice. The word is funny in and of itself because it was derived from a word that if essentially meant effeminate or gay oh, back in the day. Cool. So nice. And it, it turned into meaning stupid at one point as well. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's one of these, It's a, but at right. the very least like it precious. was stupid. Yeah. yeah. I know it meant stupid at one point. Um, but what I, the way I, cause you know, there are a lot of nice guys out there that are like horrible people. And I think yeah, that that's a good point. nice, nice is often a mask for insecurity. It's often a mask for, um, bad things at times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, for but, sure. But, that, I mean that someone too yeah. nice. I really worry. Yeah. But, in, but there is something to niceness. That's not real. Whereas I mean, some religions is, like have it as a tenant. Like I, I think Mormons, like you have to be yeah. nice. Yeah. You, uh, you but know, I, like I, you have to be nice in the meaning of the word nice. Like what we think of as nice. Like I, and maybe that's how like you, are good by being what you want to be it's possible yeah. but it's also possible that like good salesmen use nice although yeah. dale carnegie how to win friends and influence people he says i think in there it's it's like has to be genuine people believe you when it's genuine so it's almost right. like a, a charity like it's about being good being good and it being good and kind and nice can all go together and really get you somewhere yeah but well, yeah I okay that, going. but yeah i would say that nice is it's almost a word I wouldn't use. Like I'll describe my, like if you ever heard me, if you ever hear me talk about myself, um, kind of describing how I am, you know, I'll say that I'm affable. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> yeah. I'm a conversationalist. Um, if people don't know me and they just see me, sometimes they can think I'm probably mean or things like that. There's, there are times when my face really tells, tells you that I'm not a happy person. Um, yes. but I, I, what I've all, I've said for years now is, but I'm a really kind boy. And but what? How do you reconcile kindness then with like your? I think, you know, I, I mean, obviously Justin genuine. Trudeau doesn't count, but but this chick or like it really explains to me like why can you go out of okay. your way oh, to oh, slap this chick down? Oh, that's easy. These are um, these are not good people. And it's not um, because they're characters because Justin Trudeau is a character like you could say well, whatever you want. It was outrageous they, that they took you down for saying something that was obviously not even a real threat. I mean, it wasn't even yeah. it wasn't even a threat. It was a suggestion. No. And it was just stupid. It was so stupid. It was just too, yeah. you know, he's a what do you call it? Non-player character. He's just. Yeah. Well, so Twitter the, feed the, is anyway. The difference I see in this and you know i'm not perfect and i i kind of talked about it somewhat with that guy alan farner the other day because he's like how can you be a christian and have oh no way that, are you kidding say, me th that say things about are being you, explicit are you saying that wait he said what oh he didn't like that you got a foul mouth well i mean he didn't he didn't say he didn't like it he just wanted no, to but understand that was his question he didn't ask the same yeah. exact question i just asked no him. no 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 um, but, uh, it was, it was in the similar vein, but, um, See, I'm Catholic. No, so... I would never suggest that vulgarity <laughs> in any way implied poor character or even right. was tantamount to swearing or cursing. Right. Um, but no, so the way I see it is when you look at a Dave Weigel or a Felicia Sonmez or a Taylor Lorenz or a, um, uh, what's his, what's his name? A, uh, Trudeau or a Joe Biden, regardless of how good of people they are behind the scenes, they represent a an evil force. The Washington Post is pure propaganda. Well, Weigel sounds like he did something very bad. 
with the anti-war protest. That's yeah, bad. That and too. Pierce yeah, Morgan no. for, uh, pushed off some pictures that were wrong, you know, untrue. He said he said lies about pictures from the Middle East that probably got, you know, was was in the service of getting people killed. Yeah. Um, but no, and I, I think that these aren't good people. But regardless of if they are nice or kind to their friends and family, it doesn't matter because I'm smacking at the, yeah. the system. You know, I'm 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 beating and mocking the yeah what we're fighting against. I mean, I you think know? you're right. I think you're yeah. right. I just if you could help me have that distinction, then maybe I'd be well, a little more effective. So, but I just don't. I avoid that stuff. Essentially, what I well, I mean, it's not for everyone. Not everyone does what I do the way okay, I do good, it or anything like that. It's not you have a different set of gifts than I do. So I wouldn't say do what I do because it would be very hard. I'm not confident. I'm, in that kind of personal analysis. So I can't do it because yeah. I, I could, I'm 50, 50. I'm wrong. Like the, <laughs> the person will just be like, what are you talking about? I was just blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> and I'm just Never like mind. having fun. Um, but uh, no, I think that there is, there is merit to being able to mock the bad guys because it's just like the, um, the emperor with no clothes. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't someone, a, a grown up, a, a uh, baron telling him you're not wearing clothes. It was a child laughing that gave permission to everyone else to point out the obvious. And so if I can mock these, these ideas and these institutions and I can make someone realize, Oh, Hey, you know, this is crap. I can inspire more people to say that out loud and to kind of break those shackles in some sense. Yes, I agree. It's good. Yeah. It's so, just, I don't know. So the autistic right. nihilist said, niceness is about sparing yourself from pain. Kindness is about helping others, even sometimes through painful truths, become better versions of themselves. Yeah, um, I think James, that's right. James says, niceness is just acting pleasant around people. Kindness is a fruit of the spirit. It's an inward trait that happens to manifest itself outwardly. I don't disagree with either of these, to be honest. I think I think that what I've noticed is that when people are you can tell the difference between when someone's kind and when someone's nice. Yeah. Because it does when someone's take, kind, yeah. it's much better. When those things are in conflict, which is, you know, <laughs> the minority case, yeah. I think uh, it takes some courage to go with kindness. Like, I'll, I won't say something I don't think is true. I won't right. let somebody say, like, on my show, something that kind of shocks the conscience without identifying that it's not my position or anything. I wouldn't, I mostly try to... I try to have the courage of my convictions, but yeah. if I'm in a position where I don't have to, I will always go for the non-conflict route. Yeah, which is always the right way. And, and Quest says, uh, "This this makes me think of when Cam corrected me on envy versus jealousy." Oh yeah, is jealousy against envy is when you want something? And... Envy is when you want something that's not yours. Jealousy is when it is you do have a claim to it and someone else has it. So like if I'm jealous what? for my wife's so you time gar guarded yeah guard something jealously. Right. Like God is a jealous god. That's what it says in the Bible. Interesting. So Oh, so that's why a husband can be jealous. Yeah. And so jealousy you, isn't covetousness isn't really bad. is envy. Right. Yeah. Jealous jealousness isn't really bad. It doesn't have to be. It can become wow. bad. But I am jealous of my wife's time. I don't want her spending time with other dudes. You know, like or, that's, yeah, and that's more than either, healthy. Probably. Yeah. 
I mean, you guys don't have a lot of time. We don't. I'm we sure. have five children, man. I know. That's so awesome. <laughs> How old is Daisy? Daisy is... Oh, are we allowed to say names? That's fine. Um, she thinks she's nine, 19 months now. So she'll be she'll be two at the end of the year. Um, God, she's just... She has... All of them have such different personalities. Oh, wow. Like it's, it's incredible because, you know, our oldest, uh, he's like... A, he's one he? of those... He he's seven, um, so they're all within seven years. Wow, six six or seven. We we knocked it out That's quick. Crazy. Um, or is it over? It's over. Yeah, it's I'm over. Gonna go the, I'm gonna do get the next year. See, that's um, another thing. I'm Catholic. All these things are totally foreign to me. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I can't really afford another one. <laughs> yes. No, you're allowed. Actually, the encyclical of Paul VI, the Humana Vitae, does say, like, if you have extreme economic, you can use birth control, but it has to be natural. That's the problem. Yeah. It's well, I mean, tricky. It, I, I am the actual... I don't know technically. I don't know if that's natural, but I'm just, I would just say that ultimately, like I wouldn't even get married in the church until I talked to the priest. And I was like, I really don't know what my decisions are going to be in the future. But, and he said, you don't have to know. And ultimately, and he pointed to the place in the catechism or the canon law or whatever, your conscience has to be your guide must be you're required yeah. so like with me i have had priests ask me like why i don't have 10 kids or whatever yeah. and my oldest one had down syndrome i just couldn't i couldn't do it yeah. and i see my saw my mom with nine kids and i was like it takes a lot especially when you have a like well, a dad who's not stay-at-home dad like co co-stay-at-home parents you yeah. could probably have a lot more kids but i just in good conscience i just could not as much as I would have loved to have like a whole mess of kids, I couldn't. <laughs> well, I mean, I really like, I really prayed on it and stuff. I was like, well, yeah. And, and I've really enjoyed, I really enjoy the ones I have now. And I do think that anything past this will make it a lot harder to find time with each of them. And yes. I want to make sure they all have time yes. and relationship with me. Oh, um, yes. But yeah, no, it's, 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 I have a lovely little family. And like I said, uh, so my oldest is extremely like a type kind of, kind of little dude. Like he wants things to be neat and tidy. Oh, that's great. Like the, the way he goes to bed is he takes his, he takes the, the, his pants off and he folds his pants and puts them on the, the bedside table. His boots are under that. And, you know, like he's very he, much like that. Is he like the that. wolf man? I saw the yeah. picture of a wolf yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> and then the one below that is a tornado in a human body. Um, Oosh. Yeah. It's expensive. A little Tasmanian devil. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then right below him, our last boy, Rhett, is um, he's like me a lot. He okay. looks a lot like me. He's funny and weird and says weird <laughs> stuff. And um, he's just. Yeah, he, he he's he has very firm boundaries on his on his body and who he is and so like he says i you know he doesn't like being tickled unless he asks for it and he'll <laughs> tell you you know he'll be five in like a little <clears throat> less than two weeks but he'll tell you i don't like being tickled don't tickle me 
I'll, you know, I'll give you a kiss when, when I want to give you a kiss, I'll give you a hug when I want to give you a hug. And he's just very much. And so like, that was, that's one thing about me is I always had very firm boundaries around my body as well. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so like when I was in first grade, my teacher, Miss Tubbs was like a hugger and she hugged everyone in the class and she Huggy came up to tubby. me to give me a hug. And I was like, are you my mother? Step back. And she was like, no. And I'm like, you ain't getting a hug. <laughs> good. <laughs> Those are good instincts. Happen. Good yeah. instincts right there. So I have a, I have a question. If you're okay. talking about your family, how with five kids and a full-time job, <clears throat> uh, can you manage to squeeze in this stuff? Uh, I just do it during points when I have time during the day. Like literally what right before this show, right when I said, hey, I could use the restroom, I booked uh, the September 8th show. Wow. Wow. In the, in the bathroom. So you got okay, great. Thanks. TMI. TMI. So, and is your wife, was your wife like at the end of her rope and then all of a sudden you're on Tucker and she's like, wow, wow, well, no, I guess, she, I guess you're real. <laughs> no, she, she, she makes space for me to do this because she knows it's healthy for me mentally Yeah. because, yeah. um, I need to be able to talk. And I need to be able to yeah. explore ideas and talk to people that know them and that I don't. Because I mean, but what it's... does she do for that purpose? Oh well, she she stuff? is less um, interested in the talking portion as she is the creating por por portion. So she's drawing, and right, she's okay. um, so she, she has her own. Yeah, thing. she has her. Own, yeah, she she draws. She she sews. She she paints. She does all kind of other stuff. See, I really but, don't know what it's like to have normal, like an entirely normal household, because all of my attention plus other people I paid to help is just making sure that my son does not burn the house down. <laughs> yeah, it's a little better now, but like I just couldn't. I mean, I could tell you me, stories okay. that would make you laugh and cry at the same time, and a lot of poop involved and all that, but. Could, I just don't know what it's like to be like, wow, you can do other things ever. Oh, ever? it's very hard. We have to be yeah. very specific with our time and all of that. Um, but the, the, this is this is my art and making the videos uh, and yes, doing stuff of course. like that. Yes, this it's is totally my art. creative. Yeah, um, I feel a little guilty that I did. I've been doing this for so long and I just feel a little guilty about it. Why? Because it takes it takes a lot of time. Yeah. And just for me, I felt the same way. Like I... I just, I could engage in like cleaning. Mm -hmm. I can definitely engage in cleaning because it gets clean and, you know, that's like a project for me. But just yeah. doing like building with blocks and stuff that has no real, you know, I realize it has a purpose for the kids, but I can't get my mind around that. So I would literally have come people come over and watch the kids while I clean the house. Because yeah. That's the, probably the wrong thing to do. Except for as my son says, well, like, that was the right thing to do because you got somebody good at it to do it <laughs> and you were always there. So yeah. that's good. But my husband was like, you have to do something with your mind. So he was always very supportive that I did. This yeah. Kind of thing. Well, and it's like, I'm, I'm constantly reading something that I've not considered before. Like right now I'm in a, in a book by John H Walton called the lost world of Adam and Eve. Um, and it's talking about kind of the, uh, the, what the, biblical um the scripture says about this as well as some of the neighboring cultures and religions and how they viewed things so that you can kind of make it a cohesive whole and see where the where everyone's minds were at that point i have a theory that the fall of man in the garden of eden 
is now my father would roll over in his grave if I said it was symbolic or representational at all. But let's just say some heathen were to speculate that the fall of man was about the transition from permaculture to agriculture and agriculture in my mind is just a, or is <clears throat> emerged as a way to enslave people. Hmm. Well, so to, to boil down what I've read so far, which there will be more. And that's part of why I do this. Cause I, I want to talk about these things and I want to bounce them off of people and learn if I'm stupid or not. Um, but what John Walton is talking about is he, the way he talks about Eden is as a sacred space and as Adam and Eve, as essentially the high priests in that time. And so some of the, the metaphorical, like he, he kind of comes at this place where he thinks it's both historical and metaphorical. So the, it's, you know, the, the trees are a very good metaphor, but God, he believes God did it literally, but he used that as a metaphor it, for what was really going on and stuff like that. Is it very intellectual or is it very accessible in your opinion? Because I'm thinking of buying it for Bellamy, the green anarchist, but he's so freaking <laughs> I, above that if it's not really, really sophisticated. It's pretty it sophisticated. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, uh, mo like, I don't think it's for most people. Cause it's, I'm reading, a, I think it's really interesting. There's so much to it. All right. Great. That's um, great. It's really making me question some of my uh, presuppositions and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the, the so much, I, I like, it. it's like, it's hard. I'm going to have to read it a second time so that I can come back and get another 10% of understanding out of it and memory because it's, and I have like five of his other books. It's a whole series. Really? Yeah, so he has the the Lost World of um, Adam and Eve, the Lost World of Genesis one, um, and some of the ancient cosmology stuff is so fascinating to me. I think really? I talked Can you about give me an it example? with. I think I talked about it with James Gentleman at one point. Um, so ancient cosmology. So there there were com competing concepts of how the Earth and humanity came to be, and so when we read Genesis, and we uh, we read it from a 21st century mind, post-rationalism, post-enlightenment. Um, and so when we read it, we read it, a lot of people take it to be a science book. So if they disagree with some part of it, they disagree it on, on scientific principles. That is not how this book was written. It's The Genesis is not a science book. It is a... Um, well, I mean, some of it's poetry, some of it's narrative, some of it's other things, but it is. So let me, so if you were to try to understand the ancient Hebrew mind, um, you would have to understand how they thought of things like nothingness or how they thought of things differently than we do. Because when we think about nothingness, we have the concept of absolute zero. They didn't. We have concepts of, of there being well, nothing. I mean, nothingness, isn't that just when you close your eyes? Well, yeah. And, and so it, it can be that, but a lot of times it's, it, it's really philosophical to get into that, but oh, really okay. their, their view. Yeah, of I have no patience for that stuff. I mean, I do sometimes if I have an insight, but like, is this table really here? Are we in a dream? Like is material, like, it's like, come on. 
Is that really relevant to anything we need to know in the next 90 years? Is yeah. it? Well, so, is it? I mean, maybe it is. People have been well, talking you, about it for thousands of years. James, anyone? <laughs> but um, yeah, so if you want to understand Genesis and what it was, we go at it through, like I said, a post-rational, post, um, <clears throat> what's the other word I use? Enlightenment mind. So we're thinking scientifically. So when when the ancient Hebrews would have thought of mm. nothingness, mm -hmm. they wouldn't they would have thought of things they thought in purpose rather than material. So they nothingness would be cha chaotic waters or a desert. These are places where nothing can grow, nothing good happens. Hold on. It's just chaos. Where where is this coming from? That seems like a stretch to me. It seems like just a I don't know. Well, so a couple, several years ago, I don't, I'm not sure how many, they um, uncovered some uh, what are called the Ugaritic texts, which uh, have the Noma Elish and, and several other writings in them. And it 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 tells told historians and people enough to kind of see this because if you look okay. at God's creation, it. it's not it's all done via word and it's telling what the purpose is. So let there be light and it's, it's to, to light thing, you know, it's, it's purpose filled. And it also points to later that, um, when Adam, his first act after creation was naming all of the animals, which is the same thing that God did. So he's being the image of God by naming these animals and taking part in that creation. So it's a very different circumstance. So, um, uh, for one, in the Babylonian mythology, there was a god named Marduk, and he fought a, a goddess named Tiamat. Tiamat was kind of seen as a dragon, but she was more seen as chaos waters, and he had to overcome them. And so really what you're looking at in Genesis is order versus chaos rather than nice. material versus immaterial. Oh, I like that a lot. And so uh, when you're reading about you need God for that, right? For sure. Yeah. And yeah. so then you, yeah. So you, you, you read about that some and you, you start to see it's, it's like if I went to you and I went to an ancient Hebrew and I said, how did this house become your home? You may start by saying, oh, well, we, we really wanted to build this house. So we went to an architect and he drew up blueprints and we got a contractor and we made this and he built this etc that may be where your mind goes first whereas an ancient hebrew would be like our house became a home when we put the dining table in the dining room when we put the mm. bed into our bedroom it was purposeful rather than material so once okay. the room had a purpose it had a meaning and when it had a meaning it was created it's very wow. fascinating to me that is got, fascinating i've thought oh, that before it. it's like i I'm so sure that like there are entire, I mean, obviously, but to really think about it, there are entire concepts, ideas yeah, that never occurred to you. Like yeah. never, you can't even conceive of it. And it just would change your world. It's kind of like when I thought I had that, an epiphany that, that the necessity of government, like the necessity of a monopoly, territorial monopoly on the use of force was, just an assumption and that to question that assumption was almost unthinkable the way they say now i don't know if it's true or not but the way they say that 
in the Middle Ages to question the existence of God was kind of unthinkable. Like, what what could yeah. that even mean? Like, where, I mean, obviously there's a God. So I, I've heard that. But anyway, so like when the thought occurred to me that you could, that society could be self-ordering or however I got to that point, it was just a complete revelation. And I guess we just don't know what our assumptions are. Yeah. Well, and, and so you get to the, the trees in the garden and there's a lot of conversation that could be had about this. I'm still reading and I'm going to figure out more and more, but um, he talks about how the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or the tree of wisdom is what he calls it because that's what wisdom is, is knowing the difference. Um, he, he posits that the, God told them not to eat it because they were not ready for it that this was something that they had to learn and that he would teach them and lead, lead them to. I, I, That's really interesting because I kind of feel like we're here for the journey. Like, why doesn't God reveal himself? Why can't I still talk yeah. to my dad? It's because you have to want to understand it and you have to like arrive at it. Cause I always say that about philosophy and stuff. Like I don't, nothing makes sense to me unless I already kind of thought of it. And then I'll read someone's philosophy, like a real philosopher, you know, yeah. Spinoza, I'll probably never understand cause I'm sure I'll never think like that. But <laughs> If somebody I think about, you know, I think about it and I'm like, oh, it's like, that's why I love Tolstoy. He like says stuff that I think is true. So I already think is true. And yeah. uh, where was I going with that? <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, I do think that I think it's because I'm uh, food deprived. It's dinner. Yeah. Time. Well, but yes, we'll wrap up in a little in a few minutes. But no, so, what I was going to. Yes. Okay. Keep going. No, so the, the, his concept is that this wasn't a bad thing that was put into the garden, but a good thing that would have come in time. And so when Adam and oh, Eve... Oh, yes, we die when we've, we've... We had to achieve it. You can't have revelation before you have... Right. Uh, yes, before you've led to it, yeah. Yeah. Thank and you. so um, when Adam and Eve grabbed that, and I love the way uh, Tim Mackey puts this, um, who's a separate person... Um, but what they did was they decided that they were going to live out of their wisdom and through that lack of wisdom that as, cause wisdom comes from God. And if you're trying to do it by yourself, right. You don't have it. Yes. And so yes. there's this, this so like the concept, like a, a technology that you don't know how to use. Right. And so when they tried to order things and keep the, the order that God had set up in on earth and they usurped his role and said that they were wise and they they could name what was good and what was evil that's where chaos came came out of and that's why we live in the world that we we do oh so when people say age and death were not given to us from god it's because they screwed up like the basics you, well yeah and i think i think that see that's the thing i don't know about because the 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 existence of the tree of life in the garden makes me think that in no mention of them eating from it makes me think that they had, they never did. And that that was also a gift that would come later. Oh, really? Yeah. I, that's kind of, that's what I, that's what I'm pondering at this point. Um, and this, is this in that one book that you were saying, like the, yeah. um, uh, lost world of lost world of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve? Yeah. All right. I'm writing it down. I, I'm, I, I love this. Let's see. I've got, I'm trying to decide after I finish this one if I go and read reading revolution uh, reading revelation responsibly or go on in this series or not. Like, well, I, I like the revelation one because it's kind of sci-fi. Yeah, 
Um, I've always loved that about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested in that book, too. It was by Michael Gorman. So that may be my next book because um, I love reading. And so that's, you know, I think this came from me talking about this, my wife understands. Yes. Because I have these ideas and I, in, in a lot of times, in a lot of different ways, uh, one of the conversations that I've wanted to have was about hell and how hell works biblically. And if it is this eternal conscious torment idea that has been believed in kind of in tradition for a long time. Oh and my so, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was one of those things. And I talked to my friend, Chris date about that um, on this show. And I was able to, to talk to someone who wrote a book on it. And, you know, I'm, I get to like, and that's, what's really cool is I get to have these conversations and, and be questioned. It was like, we, we had a conversation with a guy named Glenn peoples, um, and he was talking about essentially biblical anthropology. So the idea of how humanity works from a biblical standpoint, and his take is that the soul isn't what we think it is, but it's essentially one rather than dualistic. So our body and our soul are actually one thing. Well, then how can we, how can our soul survive the death of the body? Well, I mean, if in his, his take is that, um, you are dead in between the time you die and then the resurrection of the dead at the end. Oh, wow. All right. Well, the so that's his not take. supposed to cremate. I don't know how I like, got that rule changed, but because <laughs> you're supposed to be reunited with your body. And I, even when it was, I was like, my body's really not going to be super livable. Like, I understand you don't want to cremate it, but I'm not sure I want what, <laughs> what it's, even if you don't. Yeah. Okay. Can, are we reading this? You can, or I can. Monica, a few good Catholic books about Revelation, The Lamb's Supper, Hail Holy Queen, and Will Catholics Be Left Behind? Oh my gosh, that doesn't sound like a Catholic book. Will Catholics <laughs> Be Left Behind? That's not a question Catholics ask. <laughs> We're worried about the rest of y'all. No, thank of, you, James. I appreciate that. I really do. Part of the reason I want to read this book about Revelation is because I was raised in a dispensational household, which is the ones who believe in the rapture. Oh, wow. And, and the so Dominionists I up, are the ones who think that like material rewards is a reflection of God loving you. Is that right? I, I think Dominionists are the ones who believe that we have oh, this to is the Dominion. essentially yeah. take over the politics of everything. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. So you're a dispensationalist? I'm not. I don't but know that's what, what I you were raised. That's at? why I was I was raised as someone who believed in the rapture, and I don't see any and evidence rapture, for it right now. You don't see evidence for it right now? Is that what you said? I don't see evidence for the rapture because one of the ones that they they talk that one of the verses they talk about um, talks about how if uh, well, you know you'll be standing next to your friend and one will be left behind, and it's because the other one in the previous sentences we're talking about a flood like Noah, so it's it's about the person who's left behind is dead i guess i don't know but it's not it's not about the rapture it's not about it so i i, I don't see i don't see that i don't see the rapture what is the rapture way. exactly so the the rapture okay so there are several different views of um revelation of the apocalypse of what will happen at the end uh there's and it, it splits off in different ways um the rapture is um it's the idea that before, and you know, there's even difference in this, but when the end times come, Jesus will call his people to heaven, essentially. 
So everyone will, everyone who's saved will be brought up into heaven and everyone else will be on earth. And so some of them believe this will happen before the seven year tribulation. Some people think it'll be happen in the middle. Some people will think it happens at the end. I don't see any evidence for this yet. So that's why I'm going to read on it because I think that there's a view called, um, and you have to say partial in front of it, partial preterism. That is very interesting to me, which is the idea that some of the things in Revelation that were spoken about were already um, done, or they're finished, their historical marks in AD 70. Nero was the Antichrist, 666. If you look at the, wow. the numbers, the numbers points to Nero. the name Nero. If you look yeah. up Nero in Wiki, it like opens with the false flag that he burned oh, yeah? Rome to persecute Christians. Yep. That's when the persecution of the Christians started because he blamed burning Rome on them. It's all over the historical record. Wikipedia debunks it. It's like, ah, <laughs> uh, they weren't right. I'm like, really? This is the historical account that survived over 2000 years or whatever, almost 2000 years. And you're trying to debunk it. Okay. Like yeah, multiple sources. But yeah, like the, it, it's one of those things that, you know, I, I as a kid, I would lay down at night and I, I you know, I, I'm, tr I'm training my children up a little differently than my parents did um, because I would lay there at night thinking that if I hadn't asked for forgiveness before I went to sleep, that if I heard the trumpet blast and Jesus came back, I wouldn't be raptured and make it to heaven. Or if I died in my sleep, I'd be in hell. Oosh. And that's not I healthy. I say my prayers at bedtime, but yeah, it is yeah. a little scary. I was, a little, I used to worry about like, my aunt got a divorce, you know, and yeah. I was just like so worried about her. And I just, <laughs> you know, I, I, she never remarried or anything. And you actually can do that. If you agree to live separately, you're allowed to. Yeah. Um, but I just would worry like all the time about just, I just would worry. So I, that's why I'm not like super, I don't always, I don't really embrace the ritual and stuff. Like I do it. Yeah. I do like the minimum stuff and I try to be grateful and, like think of offer up for the love of God, basically, you know, yeah. everything. So, and it's easy for me to live, like check the boxes of what Catholics require when you're, you know, whatever, happily yeah. married and you have all your kids and yada, yada. So I guess I'm a little apologetic about it. I don't know. But, <laughs> um, so what are you, what are you now? Do you have a, do you oh, have a label? Can we that, label you? Well, so when it comes to eschatology in the end times, I that's why I need to read this because I need to kind of figure it out. But right would now I would call myself yeah. what would you call um this? in this way, I'm uh pan millennial and um what's the other one? Wow. Um pan um frick, I can't remember, but I'll say pan millennium because I think it'll all pan out in the end. I'll be okay. <laughs> Is that what pan means? Pan yeah. means in everything, well, right? Right, but pan I'm just saying it'll, it'll all pan out. We'll be fine. It'll all pan um, that's where I am. I don't know. And I'm not afraid to say I don't know. Yeah, I understand completely. Um, I do. James said, haha, I just made Cam say hail holy queen and he sounded so uncomfortable. Oh, ooh. let's not talk smack about the Blessed Mother. Let's just, <laughs> let's just skip right over what that could possibly mean. <laughs> uh, will Catholics be left oh, behind as a debunk, James, are you Catholic? dispensationalist? He is. Okay. And um, he said he, I remember him mentioning, I don't know if it was to me or to you, about sec, 
something, some part of Catholicism. It's like, I can't remember. I'm not Catholic, so yeah, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> no, it's a, it, it, it's a shame. I get trolled on Twitter for like the Masons and the Jesuits and like Pedophilia and stuff like that. Sedevacantism? Sedevacantism? Well, it would be Cantism. Sedevacantism? Sedevacantism? So, but I mean, <clears throat> my mother's always like, the church is about the people. And you have to have a personal relationship. That's why I try to tell my kids, like, if there are rules in the Catholic church that oh, you can't it's... live with, it doesn't mean you don't, you know, you have to stop believing in God. Like, you yeah. can just, whatever. It's, it's a process. S okay. It, what he, the word he, that's right there. Yeah, that word. S-E-D-E-V-A-C-A-N-T-I-S-M. Um, Thank you, James. Is a doctrinal position within traditionalist Catholicism which holds that the present occupier of the Holy See is not a valid pope due to the pope's espousal of one or more heresies and therefore, for lack of valid pope, the See of Rome is vacant. Oh, vacantism. Oh, oh set okay. of vacantism. So look, there was that syllabus of errors. Let me just ask James this. I'm sorry. I don't want to get too, too off the track. Oh, just John the 23rd. That's not that long ago. That's not that long ago. So James, I have to ask you one last thing. Do you think the syllabus of errors was correct? Now, there's a priest who listens to me, and sometimes I get, like, corrected. And uh, so I try not to say anything that I don't know. But anyway, so if James knows the answer to that, I'd appreciate it. Like, Or I would like to say I would like James's opinion on the syllabus of errors, given that he's obviously well-read. So the syllabus of errors was a bunch of stuff that was supposedly doctrinal. And then at a certain point, I think around when Pope's the infallibility of the Pope emerged as a doctrine. No way, James, look at you rattling off all those books. But anyway, so the infallibility of Pope thing, and then they, they had to correct certain errors from the past. And I always wondered, maybe my priest friend will tell me syllabus of errors. I'm sure he yeah. uh, knows all about it. And then, the one, one thing I think is interesting is that Lord Acton said absolute power, like power corrupts, absolute power yeah. corrupts. Absolutely. Uh, great men are very rarely good men. He mm. said that after the Pope was deemed infallible. It was about the Pope's. And I thought that was interesting. Cody. Oh, hi, Cody. I believe it's marked at the Second Vatican Council because that was the council that Second Protestants are separated brethren. Oh. Yes, Vatican II. Yeah. Oh, okay. I could see that. Vatican II is probably not super <laughs> kosher or possibly super <clears throat> kosher, depending. So I don't know. Syllabus Veras is right insofar as it pertains to faith and morals, but I think it's fine to reject the worldly political stuff. Okay, yes. Yeah, so let's just clarify that. Pope is infallible only in matters of faith and morals when he speaks ex cathedra from the throne of Peter, which I don't think happened since the 19th century. I could be wrong, but it's a lot. So when people are like, he's supposed to be infallible, it's like, yeah, no Pope in my lifetime has ever spoken from the throne of Peter. Anyway, that's it. That's the absolute limits. You think you're behind your pay grade, James? I'm that's it. That's it. <laughs> All <laughs> right. It. So we've hit an hour and a half. So that means we need to, need to wrap this bad boy up and because this you know i didn't know what we were going to talk about but we talked about so many fun things yes um, well i wanted to pick your brain a little bit so this yeah. really does make it a true buddy dive 
Oh yeah. Because <laughs> you want to know where my brain is. We Get ready. Everywhere. <laughs> Let's see um, your let me see what your the I feel like you have a teal blue label on your bottle. Oh, I've got a Samuel Adams porch I rocker. Um, I love it. We're all lemon we're, Radler. We're all in the in the Tiffany blue vibe, which I love so much. Oh yeah. You gotta love it. Um no, we should just do this like at least once every quarter where we just okay. catch up and talk because I think that's fun. See, um, I can't talk and have libations at the same time. It's just oh man, I can't do it. It makes it more fun, but it doesn't oils the joints, man. I just can't do it. <laughs> I can't um, do it. No, I I I just enjoy talking to you. Oh um, yeah, it's super so. fun. I love the stuff that I really I'm interested in, but I never read about it, like the spiritual stuff, the philosophy, oh, as long as it doesn't get into like <sighs> I kind of material hate stuff exists. Though. No, I know. I just mean philosophizing. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. It's it's like I remember <laughs> when I was in a, a philosophy class, there was one class. guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was I was there was one guy who every week without fail would be like, Well, you know, what about Frankenstein's monster? And we'd be like, What? what he'd go, he... you know, because he's a bunch of different bodies put together. So does he have right. a soul or does he have someone else's old soul? Okay. And I'm like, shut up and smoke your weed in your, your, I was going to say, definitely high. Here. Wasn't Frankenstein <laughs> kind of a metaphor for something? I have no clue. Also, I did miss your birthday because I didn't know when it was. Happy, happy belated. Oh, birthday. yes. Thank you. Yes. My birthday was yesterday. 29. And yes, I'm 40 something and I always will be. <laughs> For the rest of my life, you can ask me that question for the rest of my life. I will always give you the same answer. Uh, yes, it started out great. And then I worked all day and then it ended. I, I enjoyed working. I caught up. I had this is what I used to do. At least to have me time to like do my laundry. Now I have me time to like catch up on my emails. Yeah. So I had a lot of me time. And then my husband, I forgot. He remembered something I said, which is I hadn't had like a whole lobster in so long. And uh, he took me out for lobster, so it was absolutely fantastic. That's wonderful. I'm I'm more of a steak guy. And I know. Well, we to... know. I have steaks every Sunday or whatever. Like he's a steak oh. guy, so it was for me. It was mm. for me. Well, and that's the thing. Like I've had lobster a couple of times. Maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like they're too sweet. Like I like the I like mm. the way a shrimp tastes, but it's like yeah, I I like the claws. So if I were whatever, just some peel me a grape Roman empress, I would yeah. just have the claws. And I don't even like the tails alone. Yeah. And so, I've only had the tail. So. Oh, oh my gosh. No, the claws is what's so great. You almost want to have big giant lobsters just to eat the claws. I'm like <laughs> throw the tails to the throw the tails. Let them eat tails. Am I wrong that it's a little sweet? The the tail? I don't know. I mean, sweet. You have to dip it in butter. So, yeah. I and I like to eat the is. green stuff. Oh, the tamale inside. It really makes people want to barf because, like, I'll I, just I don't know what that is. Is it like sucking a, a crawfish head? It, I mean, I'll do that too. I eat the brains and everything. It's really messed up. But, like, <laughs> there's green stuff in it, which I think is the liver. It's not the roe because the roe is orange and not good. I like roe of anything but a lobster, really. But the green stuff, which is, I believe, the liver. But I love yeah. monkfish liver. I like all kinds of weird sea livers. I'm a big fan of the sea liver. But I think we're really spinning <laughs> off on a tangent now. 
<laughs> you say happy birthday and it takes me i'm telling yeah. you five about sea livers sea livers um no so here's here's the haven't i think the last time you were on was march maybe so it's been five months that's too long well the last too time long. i was supposed to be on i had that which that's shall true. not be mentioned for the that's second true. time and boy was i s-i-c-k as my yeah. mother would say you, and you were like you were like i'm so sorry i think i can make it i think i can make it work yeah. and i was like no Dude. go to sleep woman oh my gosh i, I rarely <laughs> cancel shows rarely i had it once before and i never missed a show in two weeks yeah. but i was curled up in a ball of agony it's just like my whole body that was the flu one and then my mother got it and uh and she recovered i couldn't believe and, she was 92 well, did you, it was like did I you see my ticket check did you see my tweet the other day about, you know, if, if COVID, if um, can't take out Joe Biden, then we all know it ain't shit anymore. Yeah. And he's quadruple. Er, er. Yeah. Well, so he's, he also he got should it really again. have been you just should have like coagulated from head to toe. I know that people say that he's like losing his mind or whatever. I'm like, I don't think so. Plus he's very fit looking and he wears nice clothes. Now I know you can be fit and have Alzheimer's, but I think that he's always been, you know, just a, a gaff, a gaff monster. Yeah. Did you see the picture of him? We, the, they let out two blinking. videos, he let, they let out two videos in one day. And it was from different days, obviously, but like he looked bad in the second one. Like he looked think, almost dead. Well, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. The proof will be in the pudding. Yep. Uh, so since we need to uh, wrap things up, um, let's talk about hope for a second, because that's what I ask every guest every time. And you've been asked before. Let's yes. do it again. What right now is giving you hope to carry on and motivating you to keep mm -hmm. going? Well, the caveat of like this advanced technology and genetically modified injections, gen genetically modifying injections, those are, those are big things that make me worried. But yeah. other than that, <laughs> I do feel like the, the entire history, isn't this a William Graham Sumner thing? Like the history is just this big, long story of people trying to steal wealth and credit from other people and other people trying to like not get it stolen from them. I just feel like history is a giant can kick of tyranny. Like just, just yeah. trying to kick the can of tyranny. You're never winning. You're never going to settle in the American experiment. Even Thomas Jefferson was like blood of tyrants and patriots need to water this tree of Liberty. I think he saw that. And, and I feel like we have, these things are wars, world war one, world war two, totally manufactured, but real. And yeah. they do end and the remnant survives. And there are enough of us who remember the before times that they're not going to uh, get away with changing the world so easily. And you just don't know if there's a, a crisis or a catastrophe or whatever that foils their plans for once. I'm oh, not, yeah. I, I believe that they're, they're in control of like the lockdown stuff, but there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of questions about China and Russia and whatever. And not that I'm on their side, but I always say this about business. It's that greed drives productivity and competition checks greed. Yeah. So we're all, you know, the world, the powers that be are super greedy. They're producing, but absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I don't care if they're countered by evil people. I don't care if they're if Putin and Xi 
Jinping or whatever are like an, an access of evil, competition does check greed. So that really gives me some hope that maybe things are turning around. <laughs> hey, Colby, you definitely <laughs> missed it all. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we were at the, we're, we're at the very end. <laughs> But it's, I, I did hear him say that he wants to be like me. He wants and to so, be the next Ham Carlos. Mm, That's great. I, I cautioned that. him against it, but yeah, because I'm reckless. I I had so much fun with you saying that after it. Oh I I mean, just I I, I said something, but th th I think my tweet right after I heard that was, "You wouldn't know my name if I wasn't reckless." Yeah, well, I'm a plotter. So I can't relate to that. <laughs> Plodder. Plodder. I just, I'm a grinder. Uh, well, let's, I, I want to at some point talk to you more about your, your new escapades, but let My me tell people where efforts. to, to, yes, to find sure. them. Uh, Monica is no longer doing the daily drive time news blast nope. with the propaganda report. Uh, yeah. She has moved all of her focus. Uh, she's taking care of an elderly mom and a, uh, well, I visit my elderly mom right. quite often, but I, I mean, she takes I just care sit there and watch still. Jeopardy with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Other, my brothers and sisters are the ones who take care of her. I literally am the princess. I go and sit next to her and watch Jeopardy <laughs> and other people bring in like pizza and whatever. So I do it. I'm yeah. in it for the fun. However, I did have a turning point where I was like, I spent all my time like really focusing on quality and quantity of time with my kids. They're not going to be here forever. And then I was just like, Oh crap. Talk about not going to yeah. be here forever. <laughs> you know, so nineties. Yes. And my kids are getting ready to go to college. So I did, I did need that. And I don't have, I mean, that drive time news blast was, I mean, an hour a day. And then I had weekend things and it was just too much. I can't believe I did it for so long, but I did it because we needed each other during lockdown and I would never quit while I was still getting those emails. Like you're keeping me going. You're the only sane yeah. person or you and Brad are the only sane people. And, uh, and then when like reality smacked me in the face, like I just cannot like every day I'd be yeah. like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. So yeah. now I just do two, like basically half hour deep dives a week. And the other stuff is what I kind of always did, which was I had interviews and I had, um swap casts but now they're just in a package so this is a buddy dive hopefully if you don't mind me putting it on the show yeah, absolutely and then the dive master interviews are people who write books and stuff so if you write a book cam you can be a dive master <laughs> i have and a book that i've started but i haven't finished it yet but if people want to find it it's on all of the the audio platforms and you can go to monicasdeepdives.com find yep, it there right. um you can also check her out on twitter at monica perez show always and if if you want to know what she's drinking and how creative oh! she's being with a cocktail, you can go to monicamixes.com. I um, have enough, an all natural, no added calories gin and tonic, best gin and tonic you ever had is my latest recipe on Monica's. Monica's, hmm. wait, Monica's Mixes is somebody else's site. Monicamixes.com. Like, it's mixes.com. Yeah. <laughs> There's another gal yeah. that's like gluten-free food and she calls it Monica's Mixes. I did not realize that. It's perfect for me, <laughs> but it's not me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, and I think Monica Mixes sounds better than Monica's Mixes. Well, because I, it's just me mixing. It's not me yeah. selling mixes. Yeah, I'm with you. It's nuanced. It's subtle. But let me think. What's the, what's the last question I want to ask you? Hmm. Well, you are, we are the mad ones, right? 
yeah we, yeah we are the yeah i'll i'll, I'll, get, I'll get into all my bullshit in a minute. okay all right um, but i did want to ask you is a hot dog a sandwich yes it is thank you thank you all right beyond that i'll tell you what's going on in our world um we next week we're going to be talking to a man named nick quint who has spent a lot of time studying um studying things that i didn't really care about that much but i'm curious what his case is um about the ordination of women in the church mm. he believes women should be ordained the and catholic he, he church has, um i i don't know if Anglican, he means just maybe. overall or what i don't i we'll get there women uh, but this is this is something that he's been working on for a while and so i'm going to we're going to have him on and i'm just going to listen I'm not going to argue with him. I'm not going to have any a point of view. I'm going to ask him questions and I'm going to learn what he thinks. And then later on down the road, I will have someone who's of the opposite opinion on to talk about it again so that, you know, I don't want people coming on to the chat and arguing with him and being a butt. Just listen. <laughs> and then we can discuss this stuff later. I have a Patreon. You can type stuff in there and we can talk. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter. We'll do that later. Um, but, uh, beyond that, uh, my friend Josh hires is coming on then the week after that. Josh hires is, uh, one of the few people that I've met in real life that I would call a hero to me. Wow. Um, Josh hires, uh, he's a musician and he was a worship leader and he wrote all of his own songs. But, um, if you've ever wondered what it looked like if someone actually took it to heart to act like Jesus on this earth and to do their best to do so, wow, that was Josh Hires. And I haven't seen him in, God, I'm old now, uh, many years. And right well, before- Ask him my nice and kind question. I'm guessing he's the guy. <laughs> he's, he's kind as hell. Um, but um, no, he's, I'm excited to talk, about him, talk with him because he went on a mission trip right after the last time I saw him. And then he had to come back because he was so sick oh. and um, he didn't know what it was. They said it was chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, it turns out it was Lyme disease. <gasps> oh, yeah. And so we, he, te he texted me the other day. Uh, it does Lyme disease doesn't have to be deadly, but it can be. Right. Can but I think they want to treat it. I think it's good to diagnose and treat immediately. Right. And so he, he texted me and I had been, you know, we've talked about death a couple of times on the show in different ways, but I thought I'd like to speak to someone who has had to deal with the idea of imminent death. Someone who knows they're going to die and has had to wrap their mind around this. Cause I think there's a lot of wisdom yeah. there. Um, That's tough. and he, he texted me not that long ago saying, you know, I felt like this was the, the last year of my life recently and I need you to pray for me. And I was like, I will, but I'm, I'm, I, I, I want to know what happened. I need to, <laughs> he needs to do a video with me. Yeah. I, I'm like, well, he, he'd already agreed to do it before that yeah. he even said that, but I was like, oh, wow. I want to hear what your mindset is because yeah. he went from this very vibrant, inner, vibrant, energetic guy to not being able to leave his house most of the time. It's a bummer. Yeah, gosh. Um, so, all right, well, let's hear his story. <laughs> after that, we're going to talk to uh, our new, our, our buddy, David Gronoski about mimetic theory a little bit more. And then, Great. Um, yeah. And then after that, um, we had him on before a man named Elias Dummer, who is a musician. He was actually in one of the biggest Christian bands of all time in Canada. <laughs> and, and he even had some American success. We talked last time about uh, that music and all sorts of things. This time we're going to talk about 
uh, he grew up um, in Canada, in Toronto, when they had the, their charismatic renewal. And, you know, the, the gifts of the spirit and stuff came out. And we're going to talk about what that was like. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts, stuff like that. I think it'll be fun. Sounds um, fun. But beyond that, I'll let you know the rest of the stuff. And then me and Monica are going to go and we're going to talk about you behind our back. Behind your back. <laughs> um, if you'd like uh, to, to follow me on Patreon and Patreon and help us keep help me keep going. I keep saying us, but right now it's just me. So if you love me, um, patreon.com slash the mad ones. Um, I will have two new styles of shirt with two new styles of logos, uh, a feminine one that my wife drew up and the new one for quote unquote season four. Uh, within the next couple of days. So if you want to check those out or see, and it'll be on mugs too, you can go to wearethemadones.com slash store. You want to follow me on Twitter at Cam, at, at Ham Carlos. <laughs> yeah. um, if you'd like to watch this later on, you can do it here on YouTube if you're here now, or you can do it on Rockfin, or you can do it on Odyssey. And if you want to listen, any podcatcher or wearethemadones.com. So hit Fantastic. like, subscribe anywhere you see this. And if you're on iTunes or anywhere else, leave us a good, leave me a good rating. I could use your help. Share it with your friends. And that's <laughs> it. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. Anything you'd like to say to these fine, wonderful people before we go? Just subscribe to Deep Dives with Monica Perez on your favorite podcasting platform. Absolutely do that because she's great. So as always, you have a chance to be a light in the world. So go light it up.